The Movie Hour, episode 39, June 18, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome everyone to the Chuck Sheen's Accidental Orgy Movie Hour. I am your host, Greg Maloney. Joining me on the show today are my followers. James and Jeff, say hello to the, the lovely people. Hi kids, how's everyone doing? I just want to know want everybody to know that I think the title is disgusting. Disgusting? Disgusting. Well you can play James, Children listen to this show. <laughs> and the people that listen to this show are pretty I mean, even That's the older right. ones, they act the like dir- children. The dirty old man thought of the title. <laughs> He's like if 70. Are, he doesn't even know what it means. If there are children listening to the show, make sure you go straight to your parents and ask them what uh, an orgy <laughs> is and and tell them you got it from your friends and th- they'll they'll know what to do. They'll know what to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not here to discuss orgies. We're here to, here to discuss movies. That is unfortunate. Yeah. Although before we get to movies, we do have to uh discuss the fact that Detroit Red Wings lost this weekend <laughs> thanks to Jeff's Pittsburgh Penguins. Will you? And... St- I live in Philadelphia. <laughs> will, you, will you stop it? It's like if I lived in New York City and you were talking about like the Bills beating the Lions. Like it's just it's not the same. Like, it's totally different. What do you think, Jim? Is he uh, one of us? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not ready to talk about this whole situation. So you're not. No, you're not. Pre- you're not prepared to discuss how. Uh... Would you say the Red Wings choked? Would yes. They choke? yes. Yeah, that's, that's what it's called okay. when you lose four out of five games, yeah. Yeah. It's called not flicking the on switch as much times as you need to. Oh, well, well, soon, I guess soon, Jeff, you're not going to be an outsider much longer. You're going to be coming back to, uh, to our uh, lovely Michigan. That is correct. Uh, to the yeah, Great Lakes State. Um, about, about a, God, week and a half now? Uh, yeah, about a week and a half I'm going to be uh, packing up a truck. Wow, that's, that came up fast. And um, I'm going to be uh, packing up a truck and moving back, you know, like everybody is these days, moving back to the uh, the Detroit <laughs> suburbs. Um, yeah. I think you're the only one. Yeah. You Maybe. know, I, I, I'm looking at prices for moving trucks. It seems like they should be paying me to, to go one way with a moving truck to the Detroit area. Turns out not the case. Really goddamn expensive. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, friend of the show... Uh, Ken and uh, Margaret, when they moved out, they had to figure out, like, running a truck or actually paying movers to do it for them. And for some reason, paying, like, a team of movers was cheaper than running a truck and going out there themselves to Portland. Yeah, I don't and, uh, doubt it. Yeah, the, the whole truck rental thing is based on, like, entirely on where you're going and, and or where you're going from to where you're going. And, and I, I don't know if it's the same case with the actual movers. But, yeah, nobody, nobody really wants to bring trucks into Michigan except for me, and apparently they're still going to gouge me, so... Have you begun packing yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got my books, my CDs, my DVDs, uh, some random kind of like, you know, the crap you put on your dresser. Uh, I I, uh, I gave some clothes away to Goodwill. That's like always the first step. It's like, okay, I'm not taking these with me. Yeah, you so, never know how much shit you have until you have to move it. Yep. In between your packing, did you make uh, did you make room to, to catch a movie for your genius movie review? I did. I caught, well, I caught two. I went actually last night and saw The Hangover, um, which I, I'm, you know, Greg Ooh. already did the review, but for anybody that listened last week, it's much better than Greg thought it was. I thought it was really funny. Um, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Bradley Cooper was hilarious. Ed Helms was good. He was kind of the straight man, so I don't think he got, like, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the credit that he that he could have, you know, what I thought was a was a real uh, 
he was only in the movie for a very short period of time, but I thought that Rob Riggle, the uh, the cop, was was hilarious. And the like, the time that he was on screen, I thought he was always always funny. So, what else is he in? Uh, he was a Daily Show correspondent. That's uh, about yeah, that's right. That's right. That's wow. right. Wow, it's filled with Daily Show people with Ed being in there too. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, the, well, I mean, the Daily Show is kind of like the new Saturday Night Live. I think like funny people are coming out of the Daily Show and doing stuff. So. What did you think of? I know you're a big fan of uh, Ken Jeong too, who was also in uh, Role Models. Did you? What did you think of his role in that? Did I at least peg that right? Did I do anything right? No, you, you got. To you? Yeah, I think yeah. you nailed that. Like he was pretty funny, but yeah, you know, it wasn't. Well, I don't think he was anything phenomenal, but he was definitely. He took that role, and there were a couple of lines that wouldn't have been funny if he hadn't made them that way. And so I, I liked him. Um, but the movie I actually want to uh, talk about is uh, is a documentary that I got from Netflix. It's called. Uh, um, this film is not yet rated, and it's about the rating system and how it works. Uh, the uh, and I should, should know this, the MPPA or whatever the association is. Uh, <laughs> Jack Valenti. Yeah, MPAA yeah. is right. MPAA. That's it. Yeah, Jack Valenti headed it up like forever. If you watch this movie, you'll start like it's. It's very clear that the maker of this film um, thought that Jack Valenti was absolutely Satan. Um, but it, it is a like I said, a documentary. It's pretty one-sided. I didn't think it was that great of a movie but it was pretty interesting just about how like like these how films get rated what the criteria are uh, which there really aren't criteria like very very loose but it's actually like between i think nine and eleven people in a room whose identities are not disclosed and this is their whole job is to watch movies they're all parents um really watch movies and they rate them and um like the big thing about it wasn't like the PGR thing. It was the R and NC-17 because, like, you, you, if your movie gets rated NC-17, your box office is just non-existent. Like, it's just yeah, not going to get promoted. Yeah, exactly. So, like, um, they, you know, they interviewed several directors that had gotten uh, NC-17 ratings and, like, why they thought they got them and, like, their experiences and things like that. And it was kind of interesting. And they actually hired, like, a like this, this private eye lady to go see if she could figure out who the... Um, Raiders were, and uh, figured out who a couple of the Raiders were, and then like, then after even you get the rating, there's like an appeals court, or like, not court, but it's like an appeals thing, and like, it's all very secretive, and that, that, that was the interesting thing, it's like, very like, uh, it's like a cabal, it's like, uh, like, like these secret, like, secret heads of the, of, of the, uh, of the industry that'll get together and like it won't na- like nobody's name is is disclosed or anything like that. It's really kind of uh kind of interesting, but it wasn't it wasn't that great of a movie. I don't highly recommend the uh, the movie itself. But if you, if you want to spend five minutes reading up on how this actually works, it's sort of interesting the uh, the rating system. It's a dark, smoke filled room. Exactly. Full of, yeah. Full of random parents. Like they're the same. When you say they're parents, you're talking like they're that's their position though, right? It's not like they randomly pick parents and say, "Hey, rate this." Yeah, no, they're they kind of randomly pick parents. Oh, okay. uh, like it's their job. Like, but they're not they're not like specifically qualified for it or anything. Like they're they're on this job, right? But it's the same set of parents, though, right? Right, same set of parents. Okay. And yeah, I mean, like a couple of the things that they, like they they uh, they kind of made allusions to the uh, to the to the point that you know maybe the the ratings that they gave were anti uh anti woman and uh anti homosexual and and you know and just you know some things like that and obviously the violence versus sex thing came up which is you know a uh, an argument that that's been kind of beaten into the ground like well why can we show a guy shooting another guy in the head but not you know two people yeah. who love each other making sweet sweet love so it's uh <laughs> yeah but 
Oh, How about you guys? Like, that you guys is really see? curious. Like it sort of it just gets you to the you know sort of the psychology point of what what makes these people get to decide what's you know what the line is. I guess psychology is obviously different, but um, makes me think of what who's setting the standard and what makes them so so cool to be able to do that. Right, and that's kind of what it was about. Like like okay, well these and and they'll give you like. Apparently, like, they'll, they'll come back at you with, like, okay, yeah, this is going to get an NC-17 rating. Okay, well, and if you work, um, actually, one of the people they uh, interviewed was uh, Matt Stone from, like, South Park and uh, and those guys. And yeah, they had said when they made Orgasmo, um, which was, like, an independent movie and everything, like, they came back with them, like, NC-17. Like, well, what can we do to make it R? It's NC-17, you figure it out. But if, when you're doing it with, like, a big studio, they come back at you with, like, yeah, you could change this and this and that, and then, you know, and then it, we'd, we'd rate it R. So, you know, kind of like the disparity between independent and... But. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing an interview with Matt Stone, and he was talking about making South Park the movie, and they just threw so much crap in there, so... When it did get raided, they had enough meat on there to cut off. To get right, that they could feel like they were rating. they were trimming it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they, he mentioned that with specific reference to the uh, sex scene in Team America. <laughs> He's like, it's surprising how much crap gets through. And you, yeah, he goes like, most of the stuff happens. isn't even funny. Like we just put it in there so they would have something to cut. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So James, what you what you catch this week? Something something glorious, I hope. Yeah, awesome indie flick. What was that? Awesome indie flick. Oh yes, yeah. definitely. Um, the name of this film is Punisher, uh, released in 2004. It's the uh, the Marvel superhero uh, movie um, starring Thomas Jane as our hero Frank Castle. Um, basically, oh, I saw a- that one. I thought you were talking about the one that just came out last year. I t- I saw this with Rebecca Romaine, right? Oh, there's a more recent one. I see. I'm yeah, yeah, like it had like virtually no theatrical release, but oh, awesome. You're gonna yes. talk about this one, sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a goodie. Hell? It is a goodie. Um, <laughs> basic gist of the story is our hero Frank Castle plays an undercover cop. Um, he's gonna do the whole. This is my last bit, you know, doing undercover, and then I'm retiring. During the last gig, he. Um, a crime boss's son gets killed, and he goes off on his retirement party, blah, blah, blah. The crime boss finds out about it, so he sends a team of people to go annihilate the retirement party, which involves all of Frank Castle's family. So everyone's shot and killed. Frank Castle's shot, left for dead, presumably dead. And then uh, he comes back, you know, from the dead, supposedly. You know, he survived the whole thing, comes back, and uh, punishes. That, yeah, <laughs> finds that you know the cops aren't doing anything, so he punish him. Takes the law in his own hands and goes on this rampage to get revenge. <laughs> and Rebecca but, uh, remains in it. Who's the bad guy though, Jim? Who's the bad guy in the, the movie? The bad guy is uh, Mr. Overactor himself, John Travolta. So, yes, Who's, he, who just had a very successful box office this weekend? Probably yes, yes. one, two, three. Yes, and he's he's his typical overacting self. Thomas Jane is okay, I guess anyone could play this role. Um, Will Patton's in it as uh, Travolta's right hand man, and uh, Rebecca Romaine Stamos is like the sexy neighbor chick. Um, obviously, I have some problems with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what could you possibly have a problem with? One of my main problems was it was hard to get a feel for what they were trying to do with the movie. Because on one hand, they're trying to do serious action. On the other hand, all the scenes within the apartment building that he's holding up in, our hero, is like got goofy, almost comedy parts in it. And it's just a weird mix, and it doesn't gel whatsoever. 
Um, you can't punish for 100% of a movie. you got to, like... <laughs> yes, if you're going to name the movie the Punisher, you can. Um, there's bad <laughs> editing in it. Um, the dialogue just seems like it's overly forced just to create some one-liners for John Travolta's character. Um, but my main, main problem is Punisher himself. I mean, I'm, I never read the comics, so maybe some of our Gunga Pit friends can, you know, correct me on this, but I always thought the Punisher was just supposed to be this no-mercy, you know, revenge-type person who doles out punishment as he sees fit. But in the movie, there's two major things that make me think that he's not all that badass. One, he gets someone that he tortures for information, but the torture is all fake. He, like, tells him as he's hanging upside down, he's like, oh, this is going to, you know, this is searing so hot that it's going to feel cold to you, and, you know, it really it's digging into your back. And he's, like, poking a popsicle into his back. I'm like, this is the Punisher? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then Punisher's kind then of a Nancy. The whole uh, revenge thing is him conning John Travolta's character into doing his killing for him. He, like, puts jealousy into his heart or, you know, makes him distrust his right-hand man. And it's just like, the Punisher, I thought, you know, I presumed was supposed to exist. Is just supposed to go out and kick ass himself, not do an elaborate con job on the villain. So, yeah, it was very different than I thought. And yeah, skip it. It's not that good. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say that my my least favorite part of that movie, if I remember it correctly, was there's a part. It's just so, so totally unrealistic where Rebecca Romaine just throws herself at the Punisher and he just walks out the door. Like, what the hell? Yes. Totally unrealistic. <laughs> Punish that. Punish. <laughs> uh, punish, punish! Did you find yourself just yelling? Yes, punish him yes, I did. Him. With uh, with one of our loyal listeners, he and I watched that movie in college, and shouting "punish, punish" was definitely a big part of the experience. Oh man, I don't know if I can follow that act up. Um, so yeah, if you guys are lucky to be able to find Punisher at a at a at a blockbuster near you, it's not worth picking up. Yeah. So apparently, I'm intrigued, that. and I have to go get the newest one now. Yeah, yeah, it's got the guy. I wish I knew his name. It's it's one of the one of the guys oh, from uh, the show. I do Rome. know this. The guy from Rome. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. He okay. plays the Punisher. That's I really all I know about it. About it. I I uh, I caught a, a more a more recent one per u- per usual. I seem James. It seems like you catch the. I never mind. Never mind. I was gonna say you catch all the older ones, but maybe it's, it's maybe not, not like I'm reviewing The Exorcist or something. Yeah, I did. Did <laughs> I review point. The Exorcist? That's yes, right, you did. Good point. Um. Yeah. Anyways, I saw the movie Up, the latest Pixar picture. I do. I saw it in uh, Disney Digital 3D, which I, I like. How Disney is just taking everything over. Apparently, 3D is like theirs now. And uh, anyhow, before I get get too crazy on my horse about that, good movie. Uh, I, obviously, more of a, a family movie. I want to. I want to say that it was sadder than you'd think for like a Pixar Disney creation because ironic considering the title. Yeah, yeah. Um, the plot goes: young boy and girl meet, young boy. And girl get married uh boy being the the main main character carl fredrickson who's uh played by edward asner voice voice actor um anyhow uh they fall in love get married and their whole dream really early on was to go to south america and explore and you know they end up putting it off for this putting it off for that somebody gets sick somebody breaks a leg and they keep putting it off until they get older and older and older and then uh spoiler alert the wife dies and so it's just the old man and after the wife's gone and he's his home is pretty much on the rocks and is about to be foreclosed on pretty much he uh he decides to go to South America by lifting his house off the ground and uh in mem- in memory of his uh his wife and using a lot up, of balloons right 
Yep, using balloons. Yeah, I don't think that would actually work. Chance to use the title of the movie in your description. I'm sorry. Would you? All right. Would you like to? Would you like to do this review? Uh, did you yes. see the movie? Okay. Lifts up. I didn't see the movie, but I'll do the review. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyhow, it ends up being uh, sort not much like a the Wally movie. This this one it starts with a lot of just no. There's no dialogue whatsoever. It takes like 20 minutes to actually get some actual like character to character plot discussion going on, and. Uh, um, from there on, on though, it, there's a, a solid amount of characters in it, lots of lots of dialogue, and it, it doesn't seem like there are many characters when you see the trailer. That's why I'm pointing this out. Um, Christopher Plummer plays the hero turned bad guy, uh, who's also Christopher Plummer is also a genius. Just just in case you didn't know, Delroy Lindo, which I think is uh, James's boy, is uh, plays sure. one plays <laughs> plays one of the 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 dogs. There's a lot of talking dogs in this movie, which is sort of interesting. And of course, John Rassenberger makes a Makes a showing per uh, all, per usual for all the Pixar movies, but yeah, take your take your kids to go see it, but prepare to uh, tell them why people die. Oh yeah, and by the way, the wife also has a miscarriage in in the movie, so Jesus. You have to get ready for that. Too. Yeah, I know. Like they <laughs> they get married. Does anyone get raped? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> India, fuck around. Are there Indiana any Jones, are there any Holocaust references? Yeah. Oh, that was it, one thing I wanted to bring up about the Hangover. It hit the trifecta of rape, Holocaust, and nine eleven jokes. Very high degree of difficulty there. That's wow. that's not easy. <laughs> that adds to their score. Yeah. Yeah. It was. But, yeah, anyways, I'm tearing up in the uh, box office. Did the Hangover beat it again this week? Yeah, yeah, no, not by much but, again, yeah. but but Hangover for the second week in a row was number one in yeah. the box office. And up is third overall for the year already. Ooh, is it's your top seven? No, yeah. Uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, not going anywhere. I thought you had it etched on your wall, like what the top seven were. I got it tattooed on my back. <laughs> Awesome. And it says Jim stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Up actually brings us to our next topic and uh, our theme for this episode. Ever since we, uh, ever since all the hype about Transformers and oh, last week we discovered Hugo Weaving's doing uh, the Megatron voice, and we talked a little bit off air about how cool Megatron is and and what makes cartoon animated characters anybody that has a, a voice not of their own cool, and uh, that being of course voice acting. And we uh, we decided we decided that today we would uh, enlighten you guys with our our theories and uh, of course who we love and who we hate mainly a lot of hate. James, who do you hate? <laughs> who do I hate? See, that's yeah. the thing. Uh, as far as voice <laughs> talent goes, I I had a hard time thinking of someone who I actually disliked as a voice talent. <laughs> Come on, there's got to be somebody you hate. What about that uh, Fran Drescher, friend of the show? I know you hate her. Well, that would be true, but I don't know that she does any voice talent. Everything she, she does is voice talent. <laughs> <laughs> she survives because of her voice, which is a bad thing. Yeah, so I was about, in, that, like, in that respect, okay, I hate the, Frank Dresser. Are all the yeah are all are all voice actors picked out for uh, their distinguishable voice, or is it more that they can do many and multiple and disguise themselves in it? Well, I think it's a totally different trade these days. I mean, back in the old days like the old Disney films and stuff, it seemed like the same core of people used to do a ton of movies. And then these days it seems like, okay, let's get some stars to fill these roles and, you know, bring in some more money that way. You know, bring in the Robin Williams and the, the Mike Myers of the world. 
these days being like case in point was the that, 90s um, monsters versus aliens movie that could point jim you're old uh, but that, <laughs> that monsters versus aliens movie had like nine recognizable names doing the voices right, exactly yeah, and that's true i mean i i'm more of a fan of the old school style i mean there's some names i could rattle off that people just go huh and it's they do some of my favorite characters sebastian cabot being one uh, huh? he does huh? he does the voice <laughs> exactly he does the voice of bagheera from uh Jungle Book, and he's also the narrator from the Winnie the Pooh movies. And Ooh, just that voice that is, is just good. really powerful and low, and that's that's the kind that I t- you know typically you know go for. So it's a good example. But he, while he only does like two major ones, there's other people like uh, Pat Buttram, who uh, has done Rescuers. He did the Sheriff of Nottingham. He's done Ichabod Crane. Did Aristocats. So he's done quite a few. And it seems like back in the I don't know what. 60s, 70s cartoons and stuff like that. They use the same core of people. Now it's just okay, who's big? Okay, let's get uh, you know Jim Carrey to do a voice or something. You know, so yeah, that, I kind of miss those days. I kind of like the the no namers doing roles and kind of liking them. But uh, on the other hand, I'm st- I still kind of like the stars too, but more for a different reason. I like trying to figure out who they are when I'm watching the movie. It's like a game <laughs> to me. So it's it's like, a puzzle. Oh, I know that voice. Who is that? I can get this. That first old guy you mentioned, he uh, he sounded like I remember the Winnie Pooh voice, and that's just somebody you want you you know you'd invite in your home, and uh, you'd probably like feed him some dessert and have a little discussion with him at your table. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a good one. Of my one of my other favorite old ones is uh, John Houston. He did uh, apparently he did the Black Cauldron narrator, which I don't remember at all. But the, the voice that I really loved that he did was the old Gandalf from the the. Uh, Made for wow. movies, yeah. and that was a great voice. <laughs> Weird. Jeff, do you have a lot of do you have a, a lot of uh, big voice actors? In you know, mind? I, I was I was racking my brains for um for you know great ones, and the number one that, you know, and I, I kind of wanted to save it till later. I'm so, sort of surprised Jim hasn't already brought it up. Uh, the oh so talented <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Simba. In uh, <laughs> the Lion King, nice. And um, Which... it, don't interrupt me when I'm talking. <laughs> about you go punish him. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, him. Interrupt one of his Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Which this is the first one you another... let me put on the show. Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas is so hot. Uh, I, no, I, I'm just joking. I really, you know, I've never really cared that much. Like I've never thought one. I'm with Jim. Never thought one was bad enough to really be able to like notice the good. Um, Paul Newman as Doc Hudson, I guess, in Cars, like, thought he was phenomenal. Like, he, that, like, yeah, that gravelly voice, voice and everything. Yeah. Like, he's got a really good, great voice. Um, uh, and, you know, a couple other people just have really cool voices, uh, that I actually can't think of a lot of voice talent stuff they've done, but, um, you know, it, it, do, can you guys think of people like that? Well, before we get, before we get to that, Sorry. I want to get down to your, get down to the, the nitty gritty on the Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Is, that's a perfect example of it. like is voice acting where real I'm gonna use real actors I'm gonna call them real actors but I don't really mean it uh, real actors go to just end their careers. Uh, no, I no. don't think so. Although it's Michael like a Keaton, side job for them. Uh, Michael Keaton was definitely uh, in Cars, so that yeah. says something. I mean, <laughs> some people start their careers that way. Your boy Will Wheaton, for example, started his career in Seeker of Them. My boy Will Wheaton. Who is he playing Seeker and Nim? Um, both of them played 
daughters of Mrs. Risby. Or, sorry, daughter and daughter <laughs> Mrs. Risby. You, you would have been better with daughters. I would have believed you. Like, Will Wheaton plays <laughs> Makes sense. There was, which, uh, oh, man, this is going to be so scatterbrained. Which sort of led me to other voice act girls voice acting males and males voice acting females. is just hilarious. I love how they can pull that thing. off and you just can't even tell. Yeah, the biggest one has got to be uh, Bart Simpson, right? Yeah, I was actually going to bring up Nancy Cartwright. She, uh, I'm happy you just allowed, you just served that right back. I like that. You're, you're a good you're a good player, James. You're a good player. I did it um, by accident. Yeah, my, my orgies. <laughs> boo, boo. Um, Jesus. Yeah, Nancy Cartwright, who we can discuss because Simpsons was a movie, not a bad movie, pretty good, good episode. Um, good, really plays Bart. Episode. Plays like all guys: Bart, Nelson, Kearney, Todd Flanders, all from The Simpsons. Who's Kearney? And what? Yeah, he's it's the. Uh, I want to call him the brute. The oh yeah, the bald the, uh, thug. The, kid. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, shaved yeah, head, yeah. big what? Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyways, uh, what I didn't know about Nancy Cartwright, and this makes me feel sad. I'm a huge Simpsons fan. This makes me feel really sad. Was uh, apparently she's a big, big person on the the Scientology front, and she uh-huh. uh, donated ten million dollars to Scientology, to the Scientology Church in 2007, and I'm I just doesn't that I don't, just hate people. Like I can't, I can barely even listen to Beck's music anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's great, but you're an idiot. Like, uh, it just drives me nuts. Oh yeah, I don't, it, it was a really, it was a sad day for me. Like I discovered this two hours ago. I was pretty much just crying until up to the show, and I, I pulled myself together for this. You're just gonna have to stop watching the show. You're getting money from me. Yeah, I guess so. I guess Indirectly. so. Um, and before we go back to. Uh, genius actors, voice actors, at least with interesting voices. I wanted to point out that the one voiceover I can remember hating was the Harrison Ford voiceover in uh, Blade Runner, and I just, I couldn't stand it. Harrison, I don't know if Harrison Ford's inter- or, uh, narrated anything else, but it was so bad. I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, let's go, let's go with interesting voice actors. Like, actors that just have that voice. They're like, they're not very good at changing their voice, like Jim was mentioning quite a few earlier. But just ones that are maybe big names that you like their voice, like the sound of their voices. Well, Anybody Joel can Jones, start. Uh, from Lion King was, uh, was pretty good, you know, from Mufasa. From Lion course, King, you mean from, from Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I kind of gravitate towards the you know the deeper kind of more experienced voices so james earl jones would be one he really didn't do much else besides that i don't think um i love morgan freeman's uh voiceover in uh shawshank, shawshank yep mm-hmm. and apparently he was the narrator in war of the worlds which i did not know yeah yeah um, did, yeah Hopkins, how did you not know that it sounded exactly like him i mean what the yeah. hell's wrong with uh, you god damn it <laughs> I don't even remember there being one for one. Yeah, he was. Anyway. He was the one that talked about how diseases killed everybody. It was oh god, awful, awful movie. <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins is one that I wish would do more. Um, as far as I know, the only thing he did was the narration for that Grinch movie. Wait, wait, wait. Who did? Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he did he the did narration for the Grinch. Yeah, that's cool. Well, not the not the old school one, the new one. No, no, no. I know. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the. Yeah, but did he do? Uh... Did he do narration in the Meet Joe Black? Was there narration in that? Did he do anything? Mm, in that? For some reason, I, I want to say anything. We're just grasping at straws here. Like, was there a narration in that movie? And if there was, <laughs> did Anthony Hopkins do it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No joke. <laughs> there, were, there were two other tidbits I had written down about it that I, I wanted to discuss. And the um, one, 
I didn't know Mark Hamill did narration, did a lot of animated TV stuff. I you thought didn't Mark know like that? I, I thought that was like common yeah. knowledge. No, I didn't know that. No, he does stuff like that's why I'm the host here. Metalocalypse, like he's he's on like everything on it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why do you guys tell me? I'm going to have to edit this out later so I don't Do sound I have like to tell you idiot. everything? <laughs> um, the one, the Dave one thing Chappelle's I did... black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. Um, <laughs> the one, the one, one I did know was, uh, I know this one, guys. I've got it written down right in front of me. Uh, Ron Perlman does a, a lot of voice acting, actually in video games. And he, he doesn't have a, you know, I'm not, I'm no like Tom Cruise beautiful guy, but he's not the most beautiful actor out there. He's he, Hellboy. He does, yeah, he's Hellboy, and uh, he does. Uh, I think he was in like Enemy at the Gates or whatever it was, and um, I'm sure he's in a lot of other stuff. But uh, he does a lot of video game acting, and uh, you hear him if you're uh, like me and love movies and also love video games. You probably heard heard his uh, voice everywhere, and he has a cool voice. He's one of those guys that uh, he does have a pretty neat voice. Can get away with it. It's really hoarse. It's a hoarse voice. It's like this. Punish him. I kind of like surprised that. Nimoy doesn't do more either. He I, he was Galvatron in the uh, Transformers, the animated movie, and I think he's got a, a good voice, good, very distinctive, powerful voice. That's true. That's very true. He did a Simpsons episode. He narrated one. Do you know that? Uh, I do remember that. <laughs> Didn't he do one with uh, himself as well? Yeah, it's a true story. Um, the one, uh, another big big name that I want Jeff's opinion on. Is Robin Williams? Uh, obviously, did the genie. Did a lot of other Disney stuff. He did Fern Gully. I think he did like Happy Feet just recently. Oh, did he do Fern Gully? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, the crazy bat in Fern Gully. The wow. futuristic tale about eco disasters. I guess. Not <laughs> yeah, the bad guy's name was Hexus. That's all I really remember about. Is that it? Movie. Wow, that's Hexus. weird. Um, yeah. So Robin Williams, Jeff, take him or leave him. Um, I'm I'm selling I'm selling on this one. You're selling. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, the original Aladdin, I guess that was funny, but I feel like Robin Williams is kind of a one-trick pony uh, in that trick really? being just absolutely mindless babble. Um, but hmm. that's that's just me because I'm, I'm not I'm not a big interesting. Fan. <clears throat> yeah, the one interesting point about him is for Aladdin. I mean, he just riffed most of the time and during like songs and stuff like that, and did a lot of ad libbing, and they actually did the you know, animation to kind of follow along. Really, that wasn't scripted so, stuff. Wow. You just kind of like went. And a lot it, of the stuff wasn't. That's interesting. Me. Yeah, so that, that was kind of a different take on it. Yeah, I was gonna. So, okay, you're you're cool enough. Just go ahead and we'll follow along. I mean, obviously we have to break a song in ten minutes, but you know, up till that mark, go to town or whatever. You know. I guess to follow Jeff's analogy, I'm uh, I'm I'd be buying Robin Williams. Like he seems one of like one of those actors that just doesn't step in and bring. I like it doesn't sound like, it doesn't seem like he brings any baggage with him when he goes to an animated movie. Like he can do a weird voice and he can change around a little bit. And I guess you're like, yeah, okay, it's Robin Williams. I like, guess I just he, hated he Happy him, but... Feet so much. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. that's po- which is which sort of brings us like do like you said earlier, James. Do they, when people when celebrities go from movies to voice animation, is it just oh it's Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, it's Ron Perlman. Like, do they add anything other than you know, being a celebrity? Um, you know, I don't think so, to tell you the truth. I mean, there might be a couple exceptions to that rule, but, I mean, just thinking about The Incredibles, I mean, anyone could have been Mr. Incredible, anyone could have been Mrs. Incredible, we didn't need Holly Hunter or Craig T. Nelson. 
On the other hand, <laughs> didn't I don't eat know if anybody else could have been frozen. Bite your tongue. Yeah, Frozone Frozone definitely <laughs> sold it. That's true. That's very true. Um, I, I, so in that respect, I think, you know, okay, that one's catered for Samuel L. Jackson. You know, I, I, I actually want to dial about his uniform. I actually want to dial back just a little bit. Something just occurred to me. Um, two things, actually. One, that nobody's mentioned Wes Anderson yet. And uh, so I wanted to bring up, uh, and the second is that I, I really think that um, – uh, 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 Baldwin did Alex a Baldwin, phenomenal yeah. job in uh, in Royal Tenenbaums as in as the narrator. Uh, not in the movie at all, just the narrator. Absolutely awesome job as the narrator. I, I thought. Yeah, he has he has a good voice. Yeah, I'll, he really I'll does. Admit. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind uh, hearing his voice a little bit in a movie. <laughs> yeah, and then you have Ratzenberger, who's been in all the Pixar movies. That's uh, yeah. Cliff Clavin. Is that who that is? Yeah, yeah. Cliff Clavin. Okay, of Cheers fame. But yeah, but actually, my favorite uh, Pixar voice is probably Brad Bird himself, who does a lot of the directing. He plays uh, Edna, the costume designer from The Incredibles, and did a phenomenal job. And another example of your cross-gender voice talents. Wow. Yeah, that's pr- that's pretty good. I would not, I would not have known a dude did that. Yeah, it, it was really good. Um. The one last, the one last one I've got written down, I've got it circled like fifty times, and I'm circling it as we speak, is uh, Eddie Murphy, and <laughs> Eddie Murphy being one of those guys that plays five hundred different characters in his real movies, and I use real again, um, but turns around does an animated movie and plays the donkey, which turned into pretty much a a big selling character in the Shrek series, and as much as I've hated his recent career, he did a pretty good job of it. Okay. Yeah, I think it, the entire world cringed as soon as he said Eddie Murphy. So it's it, it's hard to accept, but yeah, he he was. Pretty Somebody needs really to fun. stand up for Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Everybody yeah, deserves I, a friend, <laughs> except Jeff. Yeah, I definitely give him a lot more slack than other people. I think, but uh, see, I didn't really like the Shreks all that much, so I I don't know that I can back you on this. Was it the voice acting? Um, which which brings us to Mike Myers, if you want to open the, yeah, the Mike Myers yeah. discussion. I don't know what it was about the Shreks, but, yeah, just the Shreks in general I wasn't a big fan of. Right. Jeff, any final thoughts? Um, You know, uh, one quick thing. A guy that did some narration in a movie that he starred in, and I recently uh, was geeking out on a video game that he did a lot of the uh, of the voice talent for, is Malcolm McDowell. And uh, he, uh, the the movie I'm talking about is uh, Clockwork Orange. The narration, like his voice in that movie, is is very yeah. very powerful, and uh, he did a really great job as uh, as like this uh, this like president character in in this uh, in this video game Fallout Three. And I it just really really powerful voice, kind of pliable, uh, able to do several things with it. I'm uh, I'm I would like to hear him narrate more stuff. As we are headed to the end of our show, we, of course, need to make one more stop, and that is the Parker Posey's play-along, uh, which yeah, I loved the question, James. i got to give you give you props for the question. It was really good. Thank you. Yeah, it got some good feedback, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's probably the, one, of the, one of the, if not the best questions we've had. And the feedback that we got, I loved how passionate some people got about it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, question sure for the Parker Posey play-alongs from last week was, what is what is your biggest pet peeve in movies? And uh, there were there were quite a few responses, uh, both on Facebook and the Gunga Pit, uh, which which was which was surprising. Yeah, and I agreed with a lot of them, if not all of them. But uh, the one that actually almost made me change my mind 
is uh, Scott's answer of the tightly shot action sequences because I've been complaining about that recently yeah, myself. Yeah. There was and a lot of that. It, it is a big pet peeve of mine. Just like I can't see what the hell is going on. Back the camera the fuck up. <laughs> just, Somebody it, got punched. Like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> punish him. There was a. There seemed to be a lot of plot things. Like I guess that's not plot, but a lot of like movie mechanics, movie, I guess movie physics that was complained about. Um, yeah, Jay Caddy was not not real thrilled with people getting uh, hit in the head with lead pipes. Yeah, like your, yeah your flawless hero, like you can just come out of an explosion and pretty much get yeah. jacked with a, I don't know, with a machine gun to the face and then just get up and Which punch is somebody. Which because that's the kind of answers that I was looking for, so. Really? Like yeah, the movie physics? Just, you know, the small things that just irritate the hell out of you, you know? Yeah. The small things. And it was nice that Jay Caddy, you know, decided to grace us with his presence after his long hiatus. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll. Uh, I go that far. He's been trying to pitch websites to me, and every time I tell, I tell him, "Yeah, why would I go to your web to your website when you uh, barely stop, <laughs> barely stop the company?" That's kind of and, funny. Uh, yeah, I, I bribed him a little bit. I bribed him a little bit. Nice. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of uh, passionate answers, and like Jeff pointed out earlier, as people were typing, it seemed like they just get more and more. Just frustrated with the topic they're discussing. You know, that's what I'm here for to boil everyone's blood. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it clearly worked. Yeah, I, I, I almost everybody's answer I thought was just phenomenal. Like all these things pissed me off. Uh, one person that I, that I, uh, <laughs> all these answers pissed me off. <laughs> no, not the answers. The uh, the the things that happened. The examples. Yeah, like one one of the things that I wanted to uh, comment on. Jarv, our uh, one of our one of our favorite listeners. Um, Jarv brings up like the. Uh, when when there's when there's a love interest and the love interest is going out with some guy that's just like or some girl and or, you know whatever it is that's just like a horrible horrible human being just rotten to the core like yeah let's just make this easy you hate this person like I think that's I think that's kind of funny like it's it's a plot thing more than a uh, more than like a uh, production or a movie device thing but I, it's uh it definitely is something that bugs me too. Like, oh, so I hate that guy. I get it. Like, <laughs> you as a viewer cannot make up your own mind. Right. We're just gonna make it up. Exactly. Let's just make this easy, as Jarv would put it. Let's just make this easy. You hate this guy. Yeah. So thank thank you everyone for your answers. Uh, you can go to answer the Parker Posey play along uh, at gungapit.com and of course the movie hour. Uh, search the movie hour page on Facebook. You can and also the third way if you need to. You can email gungapit at gmail.com. Uh, the new Parker Posey, which I have, um, I'm pumped for this. Uh, I'm, I'm fearing for you guys because, like, you guys, like, this isn't going to be easy to answer on live, live, but it's very, you're going to have to get imaginative, and I think people on, uh, People on the forums on Facebook. Are Greg, really the things that the, the things that are difficult for you though are actually not that hard for a lot of other people. So let's let's just see what you got. Jeff, if it's hard, I'll just ask like eight questions like Greg. Yeah, does perfect. So wait. So the question. I've got it. It's sort of a, it's sort of a, wait, it's, it's, understand. It's a setup thing. It's a setup thing. Okay, so. Both of you guys, you have to close your eyes. You have to close your eyes when you're listening to this. Close your eyes. Not closing everyone, my everyone eyes. listening, closing them. Picture one of your favorite movies. It doesn't have to be the top one. It doesn't have to be the second one. Just one of your favorite ones. First thing that comes to your head. Hold that image in your head. What what the movie is. Now, if that movie were an ice cream flavor, what would it be? And you can include toppings too for your for your description. That so you've got that movie. Now you have to turn it into ice cream. What what would it be? Now, first off. My answer 
is, 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 first off, it's my my ice cream is vanilla ice cream, of course. It has to be vanilla ice cream. Oh, I don't. I'm not looking for anything crazy with my movies. A lot of my favorite movies are, you know, pretty basic. Um, it's a traditional. A traditional story can still be great. Hence, uh, vanilla sort of traditional, I guess. Um, also, I so, so wait a second. So wait a second. What? And this isn't you know trying to make fun of you or anything, but yeah, you're you're act, <laughs> you're you're trying to do this. <laughs> Um, so you're not trying to describe a specific movie then with your ice cream? No, you don't have to point out the movie. That's, oh, that's, gotcha. I don't, I don't want to know your favorite movie, Jim. I probably know what it is anyways. You don't Sorry, have to point out the movie. I thought you wanted me to imagine my specific one. If you want, if you guys want to play a side, if you want to do a side bet, you so can. You just want me to try- tell you what my favorite kind of ice cream is, basically. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> you don't understand the question, the question at all. <laughs> you don't understand the question at all. <laughs> um, it just needs to, in general, what you like about movies, and like your favorite movie usually has so basically those. what ice cream embodies the type of yes. movie that I like. Yes, but I like my my question my my phrase it question better. Um, so you're interrupting. So I have vanilla ice cream, and I'll also take that uh that hard magic shell stuff. You know what I'm talking about that you pour on and like turns turns like into a hard. <laughs> magic shell and uh so because I, I like my movies like well i guess basic traditional but well well polished and that uh, extra chocolate support doesn't hurt any either so uh, you, you put it in a cone or a cup <laughs> i didn't think about that but um i don't know why you don't go waffle cone when you're at an ice cream place because you can fit so much more stuff in it like a, a waffle cone you always end up with more ice cream even if they don't mean to give you more it, it always works out that way so that's my ice cream so now that you got you guys still have your eyes closed right now you guys have to turn your movie into ice cream what would it be i would say um vanilla with like that hard chocolate stuff <laughs> probably on a waffle cone I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I told you it was gonna be hard. You guys, it's not you guys hard. Are... It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> James, do you have a serious answer to my Parker Posey play along? Um, I was struggling. Uh, <laughs> the first thing that pops in my head is Neapolitan. <laughs> I thought about saying Neapolitan too, just because it sounds so funny. <laughs> Neapolitan. Yes. Well, it's so, so many you're... things mixed into one. That's right. It's very basic. It's very, you know, I still you know enjoy the mainstream quite a bit. But, yeah, it's got, you know, three different flavors in there to, for, you know, some different tastes. of. So I, I think it would represent my movie taste pretty well. That's pretty good. That's not bad. You you sort of pulled it off. Pulled I it had off some logic behind any, it. Any, uh, any toppings? Any, uh, any little extras no. there? No. No. No, no toppings. <laughs> All right. I got mine. All right. Uh, is it Neapolitan? No. no. Okay. Vanilla Go ice ahead. cream with like that hard chocolate stuff. <laughs> oh, I, no, I, um, I appreciate. Actually, you. I appreciate I'm thinking your like uh, you go you, when you go to like DQ and they've got like the um, the blizzards available for you. I like to get like a Heath Bar Blizzard. Okay. Cause it's delicious. <laughs> well, the Heath Bar could represent like. I don't know. Maybe Your it represents. Your word's not mine, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh, Heath bars, Heath bars are terrible, anyways. So unfortunately, unfortunately, your favorite movie must be so terrible. Based off of that, I think Jeff likes movies with product placement. <laughs> yeah, that's how I interpret that. A Mars Company Heath bar. Uh, yeah, if you want to turn it into a little side game, you can do a. You can describe your ice cream, and then we would have to guess what the movie is. That'd be sort of fun if you want to go. If you want to answer your Parker Posey in such a way that we could. Uh, Guess your favorite movie. We can also do that. <laughs> These are like but. the rantings of a lunatic. I remember hearing a similar question when I was volunteering at the insane asylum. Like, you are insane. You are out of your fucking mind, Greg. <laughs> I wanted to think. It's a good one. I like this question. It's a great question. It's a fantastic I think people, question. I think the people will support me. I think the people will support me. Um, but, yes, yeah, so you can Rocky answer Road. this question. Rocky Road is my answer. Okay. Rocky Road is Jeff's answer. Um, picture one of your favorite favorite movies, and then the question is: you had no, to cookies if you had and to cream. turn if you had to turn that movie into ice cream, including toppings. What would the ice cream flavor be? Cookies and, and, and what cream. toppings would you have? What cream. was that, Jeff? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Cookies. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, you can answer at gungapit.com and also the movie hour page on Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's 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 it for our show. I'm, unfortunately, Jeff. Just didn't have it today, but I think uh, I think they'll enjoy this episode. James, Jeff, thank you uh, for the input. Hope everyone enjoyed. Drive, drive safe, everyone. <laughs> thank you all for listening once again to uh, the Chuck Sheen's Accidental Orgy Movie Hour. Yeah, no, it's no, it's that's gonna go and that's gonna go and don't worry about it. Okay.